0: Welcome to Beyond the Tassel. My name is Craig Williams, and I believe education is one of mankind's greatest levers. You know, everything we understand, everything we know as a human family, has come through our unique ability to learn. The power of our minds is immeasurably superior to our physicality and more responsible for our survival. The strongest among us are puny and weak compared to the common animals of field and farm. A white-tailed deer can jump eight feet high. A single draft horse can pull an 8,000 pound load. A blue whale can hold its breath for 90 minutes. And a simple cow you'll see in pastures across America can outrun the fastest human being alive. It's our minds that make us special. With more than 86 billion neurons in the human brain, we have more processing power than any other animal on earth. Thinking, rational thought, that is our singular specialty. We cannot jump upright over an eight-foot fence. We cannot pull a static four-ton load. We cannot run 25 miles per hour. And we cannot hold our breath for three episodes of The Office. So our physicality is just not our real strength. This is why those of us here at Journey 12 and Beyond the Tassel are so committed to helping kids make the most of their opportunities to develop their minds. So I hope you'll stick with me week after week as I explore tips and insights to make the most of your post-secondary options, specifically your acquisition of knowledge, for knowledge is power. Again, it is perhaps mankind's greatest lever, and we are here to help you make the most of it. This week, I'd like to discuss eight options students might consider after high school. The post-secondary path can be an exciting thing to ponder. After all, For most of us, that moment of conversion from high school student to whatever lay beyond is among life's most pivotal moments in which we have some choice. We'll later find that there are lots of other moments that are every bit as pivotal, but at 17 or 18 years old, this is big. As I'm sure you already know, there are no two students who are identical. Some may be on a similar academic track or share a similar range of interests, but everyone possesses a unique set of strengths. Everyone has acquired their approach to life from a different set of experiences, and so every person will reasonably want to consider their future plans on the basis of who they are, how they think, and what interests them. Even identical twins we've seen aren't really identical, at least not in the academic or post-secondary sense. So we don't have an automatic template for our post-secondary future. Conformity has its place in life, and there are definitely times when it makes perfect sense to march exactly like the person next to you. But when it comes to charting our future, we've got to march to our own beat. We get to chart that course in our own uniquely well-suited way, and it begins sooner than you'd think. Sure, the final decisions are made closer to the moment you'll don the cap and gown, but consideration of the options and the research that goes into it begins much earlier. You know, some people absolutely know what they'll do after high school, from the time they're in middle school. Others haven't a clue right up to that moment they zip up their graduation gown, all of which is fine. We begin where we begin. So let us begin and do a little exploring. To be clear, this is a podcast to help students and their families be better prepared for the decisions facing them as they approach that great big fork in the post-secondary road, high school graduation. But specifically, this deals with the college admissions process. Still, I recognize and value the different interests and aptitudes in our students, and I want to pay homage to the range of options a student might explore before determining their post-secondary path. As I briefly mentioned in episode 32, my own path is a fairly circuitous one, and in retrospect, I don't think I would have had it any other way. So, honor your interests. Be your most authentic self and look for great post-secondary fit, for you. All right, on to some of the primary options students typically consider following high school, in no particular order. We see students considering enlisting for military service, entering trade schools, working on the family farm, or in the family business. We see them entering the world of full-time work, or attending community college, or attending a four-year college, starting a business, or traveling the world. Now, there's no doubt there are other options. But these seem to be what I would call the big eight, the ones most students often consider as they approach that magical jumping off point into their post-secondary future. So let's look at them. Let's flip them around a little bit, one by one, and examine some of the thinking behind each choice. Now let's start with military service. We're talking Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, and now Space Force. This is a path some students choose because of family tradition or out of a desire to serve their country or for the benefits that come with it, including low cost or no cost education. And some just love being part of something larger than themselves. Military service can be a very rewarding post secondary fit if you enjoy being part of a team, if you don't mind turning over many of your day to day life decisions to a drill instructor or a commanding officer, and, and, quite frankly, if you are prepared for the possibility of serious injury or even death. There are ways you can go military that will enable you to take advantage of the deep pockets of the United States Department of Defense while still attending college if you desire. Like all major life decisions, gather all the information you can. Be very clear about what you're agreeing to before you sign anything. And be prepared to give it everything you've got once you commit. Military service is, to a large degree, a meritocracy, meaning you will advance on the basis of the quality and quantity of your work. Next up, let's talk about trade school. Now this is a place where you can learn to be an HVAC tech, that's heating and air conditioning, you can be a plumber, you can learn to be an electrician, a carpenter, a welder, uh, a cosmetologist, an auto mechanic, or any number of other skills which are in high demand these are very often well-paying jobs with opportunity for professional growth and financial security. What you get through trade school is a leg up in training and professional certification, and often a transitional path toward union membership or direct recruitment by a hiring company. Now, if you like working with your hands, if you have some mechanical aptitude and enjoy seeing your part in a completed project, the trades may be for you. The downside may include limited options for work in your immediate area necessitating travel or periods of time with no work also because your income is largely dependent upon your health and physical condition there is some vulnerability to work in the trades not so common in less physically demanding work next up let's talk about working on the family farm or in a family business because for many this really is a lifetime dream continuing the family legacy in agriculture business, service, or any other economic modality can be very satisfying. This option often provides immediate, out-of-the-gate security, tons of support, the familiarity of the people you'll be working with, and all kinds of advantages in terms of possible long-term ownership of the enterprise. This is a great option for people who are comfortable being part of something started by someone else that may have variable demands, ranging from fun and challenging, to dull and tiresome. I mean, look, you may be asked by a family member to do the hardest job on the farm for two years before you're given a chance to drive the tractor or the combine. Now, the greatest downside is usually tied to the family dynamics involved. If a family can manage through that, and that's a lot of different things. It could include egotism, envy, uh, what I call blame game-itis, where everyone's pointing the finger and the ever-challenging in-law subplots. Joining the family enterprise can be a great post-secondary life. Some of the world's most famous global enterprises were started as family enterprises, including Tyson, Marriott, Nike, and Walmart. All right, let's move on to talk about the world of work because some students choose to enter the world of work for the sake of immediate income. And sometimes that's necessary, whether it's desirable or not. Sometimes it is very desirable. But we'll assume for the sake of this discussion that work is just something you'd prefer to do rather than any other option. And that's fine. The upside, of course, is the access to cash flow many young people won't see for several more years assuming they continue their education or training. The downside is that while the cash may look good today, in many cases, it'll start to lose steam on the growth curve as compared to other options you may have. Now, once you put yourself on the path of full-time work, it can be difficult to get a good toehold on other options to advance professionally. It just takes up all your time. Also, many jobs available to high school graduates with no additional training or education are often low-wage jobs with limited benefits. So unless there are very compelling reasons for doing so, such as extreme irreconcilable financial limitations or deep, time-consuming family commitments such as that of a caregiver, we cannot really in good conscience recommend going directly into the workforce with no special training. All right, moving on. Let's talk about attending community college. This can be a great solution to begin an educational journey toward a four-year degree or, to prepare for a vocation, such as nursing, welding, dental assisting, culinary arts, truck driving, or any number of other high-demand jobs. If you intend to move into the world of work after receiving specialized vocational training and are prepared to see the commitment through, community college can be great. It can be a fairly inexpensive option. Or if you're prepared to stick with a course of general studies and move into a four-year program at a college or university, this approach can be a more gentle transition from high school to a full-on four-year experience. And it may be a little bit less expensive depending upon your family's circumstances. We'll talk more about that in subsequent episodes. Now the downside to a community college approach may be that you'll experience a less diverse environment. You will perhaps be subject to a statistically lower likelihood for completing your degree as you might in a four-year experience. Sometimes, depending upon the college to which you transfer later, credits don't always count toward that four-year degree. But learning is always good, and community colleges are wonderful resources, close to home, and generally quite affordable. All right, let's face it. Lots of people fantasize about starting a business. That's a lot of folks' dream. But starting a business straight out of high school is a long shot. You've got about as good a chance at launching a viable business right out of high school as you have to become a successful YouTuber. Realistically, both are long shots, but it's doable, so let's talk about it. There are lots of ways to build a business, but a successful launch does require a few key ingredients. First, you'll need a problem to solve or a need to fill, and you'll need to be able to solve it or fill it Better, cheaper, or faster than whoever is solving it or filling it now. You'll need the money or capital to sustain your operation until you become profitable. And you'll need enormous amounts of energy and often creativity along with persistence to stick with it over the long haul. Small business ownership doesn't typically pay very well and it consumes huge blocks of time. I'm talking 80, 90, 100 hours a week easily can go into starting your business. So this eliminates the bandwidth for other priorities in your life that you may want to pursue. So just be aware that it is not typically the straightest path to financial security. And full disclosure, I started a business right out of high school. But you know what? It took me years to see it through to the point where it was truly successful. So it'll test you on every level you can imagine and still leave you looking for that plate number of the truck that just ran you over. But it can be enormously fulfilling and it can lead to a lifetime of interesting experiences and tremendous success. But count those chickens before they hatch at your own risk. I want to talk a little bit about travel because traveling the world is for most a luxury proposition. It's not something available to the average 18-year-old. Some people do it anyway. They find a way to do it. I once had a friend who worked all through the summer every year so that she could travel for the remainder of the year. She earned good money in the work that she did during the summertime so that she could climb Mount Kilimanjaro and explore the Serengeti and other things like that. So with travel, the upside is, well, you're traveling the world and you're meeting new people from different backgrounds and cultures on the regular and you're sampling food and experiences you'll likely never encounter in your own backyard. But there is the expense of it, and there is the inherent risk in exploration of the unfamiliar. There are certainly travel companies that cater to these sorts of things, but there are also low-cost hostels and other lodging that you can arrange for yourself and mitigate the high cost of international travel. The world is growing smaller every day and we are in communications with one another across the globe as it is, whether we know it or not. Anyone who opens a chat with any major US company is very often chatting with someone overseas, and the people who will be competing for some of the jobs you'll consider one day are almost always as likely to come from those countries as from our own. Travel is among the purest form of education and enlightenment, and I wholeheartedly encourage it in your lifetime. However, very careful consideration must be given to this option if you choose to embark on such an adventure straight out of high school. Now, this brings us to the four-year college option. Remember, there's no rule that demands everyone conform with some predetermined expectation, and college just isn't for everyone. Still, it does offer some unique advantages that are quite worthwhile. First, You should understand that a four-year degree is no guarantee of a job. If that's all you want, a job, there are other, less-consuming paths. College leads to interaction with people you'll probably never meet in your hometown ideas seldom considered around your dinner table, book discussions you'd probably never have if left to your own bookshelf, and a deeper understanding of who you are and how you interact with your world. Now, there's also the matter of lifetime income, which is statistically much higher with a four-year degree, as is life expectancy, physical health, marital fidelity, the likelihood to be a community volunteer, and other positive markers in quality of life. Now, you can be a college graduate and be miserable, broke, divorced, and unhealthy. That's for sure. But the odds are generally in favor of your not being those things. The four-year college experience can provide a wonderful opportunity to learn about your world, meet a diverse range of people, prepare for and embark upon a career, and explore at depth the human condition. Listen. I will say many times in the coming weeks that we are no longer just competing for a spot at the economic table with someone from the next town over or even the next state. In the coming decades, our kids are going to be competing with the pride of Beijing, Shanghai, Kuala Lumpur, Berlin, Mumbai, and Tokyo. Make no mistake about it, the world is shrinking, and our kids' level of preparedness must be higher if we don't want them to be left behind economically. And that's why in closing for this week, I got to tell you a little bit about John Grisham. John Grisham, who grew up in Arkansas and Mississippi, spent an awful lot of time in rural America. You may remember Grisham as the prolific author of such bestsellers as The Firm, The Pelican Brief, Time to Kill, um, Rainmaker, and The Runaway Jury. But John Grisham did set out to be a writer, not at all. In fact, He wasn't really sure what he wanted to do for some time. He had no intention of going to college when he was in high school. And at age 17, through one of his father's contacts, he managed to find work on a highway asphalt crew in Mississippi. It was during this time that an unfortunate incident got him serious about college. A fight with gunfire broke out among the crew, causing Grisham to run to a nearby restroom to find safety. He didn't come out until after the police had detained the perpetrators. He then hitchhiked home and on the way started thinking a good deal about college. Now, he planned to become a tax lawyer and was soon overcome by what he called the complexity and lunacy of it all. And he decided to return to his hometown, south of Memphis, near South Haven, Mississippi, as a trial lawyer. And he did practice law for about 10 years. But he found himself more happily engaged in storytelling in manuscript form rather than before a jury in the courtroom. And so he became a writer, a novelist actually, and a fairly good one at that. He would argue that had it not been for the experience he'd had and the people he'd met along the way in college and beyond, he'd have had nothing to write about and few stories to tell. And that's sometimes just how it works. You can choose your path or it can choose you. But virtually any path you'll take will benefit from a broad education, from being exposed to different ideas, and from understanding how people from different bubbles think about things. College can certainly prepare you for a career, but its real strength is in preparing you for a life. And since Beyond the Tassel focuses on making the most of college preparation and application strategies, we'll be digging much deeper into that topic in the coming weeks. Next week... We'll expand our college upsides and downsides discussion. But until then, I'm Craig Williams, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you next week on Beyond the Tassel.